Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers, last time on Dungeon Drunks, the group has secured passage with Captain Valera Tide Turner Langley on the Scarred Serpent, a ship that can cut through the ice and take everyone to the Corinne Archipelago. They've paid for the ship to wait for two days in port for them to finish a few final things, and then will depart in search of the cult that has the Kenneth Mandolin. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren, also known as Obo Crazy. And Luke and I actually did a little bit of alcohol shopping the other day. And I gave in to Jack Daniels and Honey because it is so good. And it was on sale. So I got the big bottle. So I actually have an old standby of mine, which is Black Tea and Jack Daniels and Honey. And actually... Oh, God, I, I forgot to pull this up, but because I, I took a picture for our social media, the specific tea that I have mixed with this, I got from Tea and Absinthe when they were here for uh, Comic-Con. Oh, uh, And it yeah. is the Irish whiskey cream. So I now have Jack Daniels Tennessee honey whiskey in my Irish whiskey cream tea. And it's delicious. And I love it so much. Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, it's Jonathan, and I play Jonathan the Magimuscular, and tonight I am drinking tea, iced tea specifically, because I have a thing to do after this that requires me driving, so I will not be imbibing any alcohol. However, for our shot of Fireball, or the equivalent shot thereof, we will be getting to that later. And uh, this is the point in the show where we remind everyone, please drink responsibly. Also, what kind of tea are you drinking? Just iced tea? Just, just like regular iced tea. Iced? It's, the, uh, okay. it's the red diamond sugar-free iced tea. It's kind of it's my like at-home drink jam when I just don't want to drink water. Nice. Travancore, what are you drinking? Good people of Faerun. Travancore's choice this evening is quail oak Moscato. My wife bought a bottle of this shopping. I think we've gone back to our fancy dinner nights uh, for the last few times before I, I head abroad. It's bottled in, uh, what's it called, Ripon, California, and Livermore and Ripon. So it's bottled in two cities, I guess. It's 10% alcohol by volume. It is simultaneously dry and sweet, which is fun. Yeah, I, I rather like it. And it's got a very pretty bottle. And, and there goes Jack with his fancy wine glasses. I feel bad every single time. <laughs> He's always bringing up the class of the show. Bernie, what are you drinking? Um, well... I'm here to equalize by bringing back down the class. I'm drinking beer. Actually, no, I don't think it's less classy to drink beer. That's, no, no, no. It's all about how you drink it, not what you drink. And do you have a really nice beer glass? Yeah, this isn't a Hogarth print. Beer is fine. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I can't believe I still have this. This is a testament to uh, not cleaning enough. Um, I still have my historic ales from Scotland brochure. <laughs> and I have this week picked the elderberry black ale and it was oh this is awesome this is like the most dungeons and dragons it can possibly get most dungeons and dragons we could possibly get because this sentence says introduced to scotland by welsh druids in the ninth century elderberry black ale was part of the celtic autumn festivals when the elders elders is in quotes i don't know why it's like okay would make this strong (laughs) ale and pass the drink round the people 
people of the village. Uh, so apparently this recipe is from a 16th century record of domestic drinking in the Scottish Highlands. I like that. That somebody, somebody in the 16th century decided they would go around and make record of domestic drinking. Why not? Which is honestly what we're all doing tonight. We're all at home. We're all doing a little <laughs> domestic drinking. So let's open up this bad boy. Cheers to that. Domestic drinking by druids, by the way. Domestic drinking by druids. Nice. That's like... Y'all need to hang out church. with Seekin more and get him drunk so I can no, name an episode this that. Seekin's entire family made this beer. <laughs> oh, it smells really good. We now have a side mission of get Seekin drunk. <laughs> yep. mm. You guys have a druid in party, just saying. That's true. You are baby druid. <laughs> you get get oh, Travancore. When in the druid training, someone who's played a druid before out there in druid land friends romans druids when in <laughs> druid training do they teach you to brew beer that's what i want to know i think it is officially canon that druids are the brewers of of not not monks yeah i would think monks well maybe monks too monks can be making that chocolate you know like the monks have I, I a lot like... of time on their hands but druids also brew beer and let me tell you they brew a pretty damn good one this is really good. It's I don't normally like dark beers, and I really like this one. Good. So. Well, someone else who <laughs> we've put strategically at the end of this list, and I'm kind of excited to see what's about to happen. Carlton, what are you drinking? So, for my drink, it is uh, Clear American Sparkling Water, which is the Fuji Apple flavor. I think Clear American is the Walmart brand. But they have the best sparkling water, so I don't care. And it tastes like fizzy apple juice. Anyways, since uh, Jonathan has to drive after this, you know, he's got the, the the blue flames and that fire that burns within. Well, I have a raging fire inside of me. And so I have friend of the show, Izzy, gave me some drinking shrubs because she was tired of hearing me drink <gasps> all the different sodas. Oh, shrubs are so good. Wait, you're not taking a shot of that, are you? I am. Oh what? no! No, that's not how you do that. Let us let us remind everybody what a shrub is. Uh, resident historian, would you mind telling the people what the shrub is? Okay, so a shrub is a, tra- a traditional American drink, actually, and and probably also of given its al- alternative name as Schwitzel, uh, of probably like I guess now we'd say German origin, but the country of Germany didn't exist back then. We're not going to get into that. So shrubs are usually traditionally made with vinegar, which is why I'm wondering. <laughs> how this is gonna go yeah and a shrub is not a drink in and of itself unless that is already mixed with something so a shrub is usually vinegar and a fruit and some sugar and you almost it's almost like you're making preserves the way you cook it but you boil it down to kind of like a syrup and then the idea is you would add that to water when we first start seeing soda water in the mid-19th century before there's actual sodas we recognize today you shrubs added to soda water uh you add it to booze yeah i'm supposed um, to put one shot glass an ounce worth within four or five ounces of soda or tonic yeah yeah so you just gonna you just gonna do so that I'm gonna drink this straight it's <laughs> good right. it's i've never it's been a long time since the shot glass has been at my mouth but i do have my <laughs> rvbto shot glass still nice and what kind of shrub is this all right so these are calvitz drinking shrubs and this is the ginger lemongrass with white peppercorns oh yeah, ginger is also a pretty common because the idea was they'd add it to water. So if you're working in the like the big idea of this is it's pre-Gatorade. 
you're working in the fields, you add this to water and you can drink it without feeling sick from like chugging a bunch of water, which I apparently is a possibility. It's also replacing, if you think about what Gatorade does for your body, it is replacing electrolytes. It's replacing the sugars. It's replacing anything you've lost. So really, this is healthy. Really? <laughs> I've I mean, here's the ingredient list. An unhealthy way to drink it. Rice vinegar, evaporated cane sugar, ginger, lemongrass, white pepper, and salt. Jonathan's going to be shooting off a fireball within like five minutes just to watch you down this one. That's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> He's already finger gunning the video. So, yeah. Please just do me a favor and try it as it's meant to be tried. Yes. Like put it, it in some some like seltzer. It's really yes, I good. I was going to tonight, but then I realized the only uh, like seltzer water I had was flavored already. And I didn't want to ah, mix the flavors. Yeah. I didn't know you that can would just be. put it in cold water. It should still be real good. But she got me a three pack. So stay tuned uh, yeah. for future episodes to see how they're tasting as they should be. Also, you can <laughs> add it to booze. You can add it to like yeah, any, I can have any kind of that. booze. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Carlton has already had quite a bit of booze uh, as you were no. all hanging out at the Chubby Duck for quite a while. You've made <sighs> this uh, arrangement with the captain of the Scarred Serpent. She has agreed to hang out. It is basically the evening, and she's basically agreed to hang out all tomorrow into the next day to give you guys basically like a day and a half to clean up your stuff, whatever it is that you need to get done before she will depart, whether you're on the ship or not, because she'll probably have another job. But she'd like to take you. So, um, was there anything else you wanted to do tonight as uh, you wind down the evening at the Chubby Duck? Yes, sleep it off. Okay, <laughs> we can, we'll get there. Jonathan the Medge Muscular is going to step out of the bar, look to the sea, and be like, huh, that ocean lacks fire. I'm just kidding. No, he's not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if there isn't anything else, I'll say that you you end the evening at a reasonable hour and head back to the Golden Rock Tavern to uh, chug some water and fall asleep. And the next two days are yours. It, what would you like to get done before you have to board a ship? Um, I think we should settle up our bill with uh, Gestock so far, just to make sure that we're square there. And then Jonathan the Magimuscular would like to check in at the Amethyst Acropolis just one more time. Sure. Gestock will do a little bit of math, and it's basically been... A bunch of you were gone for a while, but he kind of had your rooms on hold because you just kind of took off. Uh, Bernie stayed there the whole time, and he's he's still taking care of the horses out back. And uh, he's like, well, are, are you going to stash anything? Last time you guys left, uh, you stashed that lemon tree, and I know you got that furniture coming. Uh, did you want at least, like, you know, me to stash stuff for you? Yeah, hold on to the furniture in the basement for us. All right. Yes, please. Yeah, um, how is the lemon tree? You put it outside every now and then for, like, light? Uh, I got it near a window because it's a lemon tree, and I didn't think if you put it outside in this, and he points out to, like, the several feet of snow and the bitter cold. He's like, I didn't think that'd be a good idea. It seems like it's doing okay. No, no, definitely, definitely that is um exactly, exactly how you want to take care of a lemon tree uh but the sunlight sunlight's important and you wa you water it right 
Well, yeah, you left it in the bathtub. It was pretty easy. All good. <laughs> you did. You guys yeah. delivered it to the bathtub. That's in true. A big burlap sack. That's true. If Trevancore is actually going to head out to the stable to spend some time with the horses we almost never spend time with. Sure. You enjoy some time. They they are very well cared for. There are they seem bored. It's the winter, and uh, you guys haven't really needed any horses, so they they're they seem happy. I mean, they're horses. They. They don't need very much, and right now they're in a nice little enclosure, and they're fed really well, so... should give them a uh, Sudoku book, just so they're <laughs> not bored. Yeah, I'm going to cast Speak with Animals, Talk with the Horses. Sure. <laughs> so, fun fact, my dad's name is Philippos, which means a lover of horses. So, <laughs> so there we go. You, you, yeah. you cast uh, Speak with Animals. I seem to remember it was Peanut Butter. Kutira, uh, which means horse in Malayalam. There's... Uh, Horsey McHorseface and then Bojack Horse Horse. Yes. All four of them are there. Uh, you cast Speak with Animals and what do you say? Sorry we're not around so much, guys. I know it's winter anyway, so you'd probably be here anyway. But um, I thought I'd check in before we head off to sea. I promise in the springtime there'll be more to do. Alright. Do you got any apples? Yeah. yeah uh, always. And Travancore <laughs> reaches in and grabs whatever apples he bought in a non-RPG-worthy conversation at some point, because it's Travancore. Of course he has apples on hand. He gives one to each. Yeah, of course. I, I, I suspect that you took a, a level endured just so you could summon apples. <laughs> I, I'm disappointed that you've not whinnied for us. Well, no, he casts Speak with Animals, so he's not going to hear whinnies. He's going to hear talking. Uh, Bernie, if you were to come around, you would hear horses whinnying at Travancore and Travancore, like, talking back to them. What does that sound like? I don't know. We'll talk with Travancore. We'll see. And you can tell me if you walk outside to the stables. Um, so, yeah, Travancore, the, the horses <laughs> are happy to take the apples. Uh, the one asks you, are, are we getting on the boat? Are we getting on the boat? You're not getting Is that on- us, too? I don't think you guys are getting on the boat. Um, when we All come right, back, good. it'll be... Yeah, I, I figured... Dry land is probably more your scene. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have fins. Yeah. It's not good. Sure. No. Bernie, you come around and you hear Travancore talking about, you know, you're not getting on the boat. And uh, he's talking to his horse who immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and you suspect something, something is going on. Bernie's just going to stand there and watch. She's going to, she's going to say, so tell peanut butter I said hello. Oh. She, I think she's seen Speak with Animals enough to know what's going on. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, so, Travancore says that to Peanut Butter. Bernie says hello, as you probably just heard. Does she have any apples? Bernie hand, you might has have... a hand out to Travancore because she yeah, knows. I kind of reach in and grab a nice Brayburn apple because Brayburns are pretty pretty hype right now. <laughs> and I hand it to Bernie. As Peanut Butter takes the apple, he says, tell her I'm glad to see her too. And Bernie, all, all you hear is... Peanut Butter's glad to see you too. The feeling's mutual. I'm not going to take you anywhere like the Feywild or the ocean or any other number of places that you really shouldn't physically be in. And she hands, she holds her hand out nice and flat and is like, here's the apple and pets his nose. And then she's just going to walk away because she was hoping that Travancore had to whinny while he. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I feel like, ah. Uh... I don't know. Like, it's funnier when they do, but I feel like sometimes speak with animals is like, because you, you cast it on the animal, right? Or do you cast it on yourself? It's uh, on yourself and you can then speak with the animal. 
okay so yeah so i think it's like you know it, it's like putting a babel fish in your ear ah. um, oh. like you don't necessarily have to make horse noises uh but the horses suddenly understand you and that's why when bernie comes around she's hearing travancore talk but the horses just make horse horsey noises because otherwise it would be the horses talking like humans and that'd be weird that's a different spell all right, Travancore is spending some some quality time with your 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 poor, unfortunate, really well cared for horses. Gestock will say that it's been about a ten day, really, uh, since you've been back. Maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, but it's it's going to be like twenty five gold for the group of you. And then he'll say, you know, that he'll charge you for whatever storage will be once you get back, knowing because he knows. I don't know how long you're going to be gone for. Do you? Uh, do we ever, really? No, not really. Not since I've known you. Yeah. We have an ideal time frame, but jo- as you've as you've figured out, Jonathan the Magimuscular is, uh, is learning quickly that time is relative. Uh, this is disturbing. Well, after a while, I'll just keep the horses. Fair. Okay. They're happy here. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. It'll be super nice. It'll be nice to have a couple horses I can lend out to, to people. There's always people who want, like, loner horses while they're here in the summer, and it's it's been annoying to not have, but, you know, if you don't come back, I'll, I'll lend your horses. You know, what you should do, Gustav, Jonathan the Magimuscular has a thing. You should charge people a supplementary horse insurance to to cover any damages that might happen while the horse is in their care and you can sell it as listen this protects you well when it, when if something happens to the horse aren't they just going to pay for the horse well if something happens to the horse maybe something happened to them yeah i'm just saying you know in this horse horse lending business you know there's all kinds of ways that you could sort of uh help yourself grow that business in ways that uh, aren't that apparent to any potential customer. Hmm. Jonathan the Magimuscular realizes that this is sort of uh, this is sort of going toward lawful evil, so he's going to wander away from that and wander towards the Acropolis. Jonathan the Magimuscular out. <laughs> okay. Gustav will think about your words Insurance and try to decide. isn't necessarily lawful evil. <laughs> no, I, no, I'd say if it's, uh, if, if if we're equating this to car insurance, it's not necessarily oh, a bad. No, I'm not equating it to car insurance. I'm equating it to fucking enterprise rental insurance. It it is arguable that insurance represents a moral hazard whereby people are more cavalier with their things, knowing they can be replaced. But that's a different story, a different podcast. Also, there's a difference between a car which can be fixed and a horse which is probably going to get put down jonathan's going to the acropolis what are the rest of you <laughs> carlton what are you up to this morning podcast well, of many tangents yeah yeah or and some that i even the dm doesn't want to go down carlton what are you up to <laughs> what is carlton up to yeah you were the one who spoke up super fast about wanting a couple days in order to take care of stuff and take care of things well i knew that we had things to take care of and stuff to take care of but carlton's got pretty much everything he needed for this trip like, most of it's in the ba- in his bag of holding, and he already picked up a shield, so... Carlton can come shopping with Bernie if he wants. Yeah, let's do that. Oh, I owe, Spur- I owe Bernie a spa day. You do, but we should do that later. We can bring right. Seek in. <laughs> yeah, let's get... We can get Seek in a haircut at a bath. Does Seek in not cut his hair? In my head, he always had short hair. See, in my head, he was always like a dirty hippie druid. Same. In my head, he was like that very nice, like, ironically, like, 
you know, you guys ever see, um... I also imagine he smelled of patchouli. In my head, Seekin kind of reminded me of the kid from the Sandlot when he, like, first starts. And he's, like, very well, like... His hair just reminded me of, like, innocent 12-year-old boy who's like, Sure, I can I can adventure. And he doesn't know who Babe Ruth is. I don't know if it's, like, not knowing who Strahd is. And he's like, but who is she? And you're like, shit, Strahd signed that base. I'm sorry, this is another tangent. <laughs> Split the difference. He's not dirty hippie. He's not, doesn't smell like patchouli because he's a self-respecting druid and no druid, uh, no animal wants to smell like patchouli. Let's face Remember it. Remember that, Travancore. Oh, wait. Travancore knows this. Yeah, wait a minute. You're supposed to say mute patchouli oil at this point? Well, we don't want you to go down a stereotypical road since you don't have much interaction with druids other than seeking. <laughs> no patchouli, no. no. brew beer. While the comfortable in the wild, Travancore is not the crunchy type. No, and bears like to keep fairly clean, too. So the two of you are on the same level there. No, and no, Seekin is, think, like, long, cared for, but not cut hair so like probably cuts it himself so like not the best haircut but he does keep it in order he does shave he wears super simple clothes it looks like it was just you know he he goes for comfort but they are clean he does have bare feet all the time every time you've ever seen him and he did wander the entire Feywild in bare feet so that would be the one thing so would be- bowl haircut Easy to maintain. Not concerned about how he looks. I think he has a bowl haircut. Cannon. He puts a potted plant. He puts a plant, a pot on his head, like a terracotta pot. <laughs> so it's like a long bowl. Like it's, it's not a, a short bowl. bowl it's like a eyebrow long bowl. Length. It's a bowl. Yeah, it's like it go down. It goes down to his chin. It's a chin bowl. So like seventies moppet bowl. Yeah. 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 Okay. And a terracotta pot. Like if you think and and a, and a super. I, I he's got to have a super long beard. No. I mean, no, he does. He doesn't have a beard. Nah. Clean shaven. Ooh. No, which which is part of the reason that he always kind of looks a little boyish. You you think so we he might? Him. Sure, because he looks like a boy. <laughs> he looks like a child, and we uh, know that when Lauren gives us children, they're evil. <laughs> Gotta kill him. Sorry, not, precedent. Only the once. <laughs> Angry letters the once. being penned by the dad on the show. Only once. <laughs> Damn you, Perry Hotter. You all kind of guess that Seekin might be older than he looks, but not, he's still like a young man. Anyway, speaking of Seekin, if you want to go see Green Green Grass Man, absolutely, you can trot on over there. Does anyone else? I had a different image for that statement in my mind, moving on. That's okay, maybe I said it that way because it was fun. Travancore, did you want to join them or did you have your own? I'm going to find out if he has any Green Green Grass for this trip. Uh... Okay. I think Travancore is actually going to head back to the library and do some research and some other stuff you didn't like me to look into. Sure. All right. Travancore heads to the library. Jonathan is going to the Amethyst Acropolis. We will start with Bernie and Carlton, who head over to Green Green Grass. Once again, the door is open, but it is hours that you expect a business to be open. Uh, you find Seekin in the the little tiny front office area, and he's got a plant seated on his kind of on his lap. He's seated in a chair behind the one desk he's got. He's got a plant on his lap. It looks like like a small tree, a leafy tree. Green leaves, which is once again weird in the middle of Waterdeep. Looks up when you come in and he's like, oh, hi. Hey, how's it going? Hey. Oh, hey. Hi. How's it going? Hi, Seekin. Hi. Hi. You know the lemon tree? Uh, no, no, don't need another lemon tree. Just wanted to check in with you and see how you're doing. Uh, yeah, uh, getting back 
to things. You know, I was gone for a while, so you know, a few plants were not doing so well, so had to had to work on that. But you know, it's all right. That's what I'm supposed to do, right? Hey, see, have you ever, have you ever been on a boat? Uh, once. Did you get sick? No, but it was a small boat, and it was just on like a really nice little lake. Cause like we're gonna go on a boat, and Big I've never boat. been on a boat. And okay. I hear people get sick on boats. Yeah. Do you have something yeah. in case I get sick on the boat? Uh, I hear the throwing up helps. Okay, you don't have a uh like, Dramamine plant. Uh, no, I don't know what what that. Okay. No. What's a Dramamine? Is this something from the Feywild that I missed out on? Maybe. Maybe. Oh. We, should, we should probably go back and ask your grandfather. Yeah, but no, not anytime soon. Not, that no. was no. That's I... Alberti and Carlton end up in the Feywild for another year. <laughs> uh, Seekin says uh, no. Like most of the stuff that I got is, uh, I don't do medicinal things. Really, mm. you probably gotta go to go to someone like her. And he points at Bernie. I could probably cure seasickness. Yeah, but if I could just like chew on like a leaf. You know, it's better than using a spell slot. <sighs> yeah, that's true. I will, um, and Seekin, do you have any innocuous leaves he could chew on for when he gets real obnoxious? Uh, what's innocuous? Innocuous means it's not going to do anything good for you, but it's not going to do anything bad for you either. It's just neutral. Well, oh, like a placebo plant. Do you also want it to taste good no most of the time most people are utterly convinced that if medicine tastes bad it works better so honestly a bad taste is in 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 my favor i also love that birdie would be like look at carlton he's like do you want to taste good she looks at carlton and goes no no (laughs) she doesn't even look at carlton she says no no not for him it doesn't have to taste good it just has to you know make people it's to look honestly with medicine most of the time you just have to give people what they think they want all right uh so you just kind of want something to chew on uh yeah hold on a moment he gets up and uh bernie he holds the plant that he was holding in his lap out to you as though to hey here hold this okay Uh, you take the plant it is in a pot it's not like just loose and everything are there little strands of seeking hair around that pot (laughs) from where he's been cutting his hair no, like there's a plant in the I pot. I know. I'm oh, okay. Silly. <laughs> but you can roll an investigation check while he goes back into his, his I greenhouse. I will roll an investigation check to see sure. what I know. Hold on. I had. Where is it? Investigate the pot. Can I just say my glass is already in my hand because I believe in you? I. That's some strong belief, my friend. <laughs> I don't know that I believe I respect in me that, that belief. Much. I respect that. I have everything organized in folders when it comes to my character sheet. I have them all organized in D&D Beyond. D&D Investigation. None. That's D&D what I talk. Beyond. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> my faith has been rewarded. Wow. For our listeners at home. That was a cold shot. What did you roll? Uh, I just rolled a natural 20. <laughs> That wasn't even a call shot. I called your shot, which I think is even more impressive. I know. That was, you called that. <laughs> I think for that called shot, that requires a shot. Oh, right, Carlton? Worth, I agree. Uh, I think that's right. the equivalent. That Here we called- go. So this no. is dedicated to this one. Oh, I know him. This is uh, to you, our patron, Jason Ram. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> 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 I will say this, for someone who ha- 
hasn't had any drinks in a very long time. You still had excellent shot form. I'm very yeah. impressed. Oh, oh my Are dear you friend. I'm going to vomit? I am going to hug you extra hard next week when I see you because that looked painful. You know who else can hug oh, you? Oh, I'm getting hardcore side-eye from Katie right now. She just oh. came into my room and was like, Are you dying in here? Thank you, Katie, for checking <laughs> You know who else you can thank for that? Our good friend Izzy. Smellless. <laughs> Oh, that's gonna be yeah. fun. You're never gonna, gonna want to drink next it. Week. This You're is what I just You're never gonna want to drink it because you no. put it in your body and bulk. It's not made to be done like that. It's all right. He'll it's try no, it yes, the way it's meant said, to. It smells like I drank a weed covered in vinegar. You know, I'm actually <laughs> glad it was you and not me. It was tasty. It was just very vinegary. <laughs> because plan B for that shot, if you didn't have that shrub, was for me to do a shot of Macallan. And the last time I you don't take shots from Macallan. It's too nice no, to scotch. Macallan's a sip. Yeah, if you take shots, the last time I did that, it destroyed the entire party in Maine. <laughs> Guys, don't worry. Wow. We're 36 minutes into this recording, and I finally joined the game. <laughs> say, I'm going to oh, say, say. <laughs> for, for all of that, for and for the natural 20, Bernie, you find multiple strands of hair around. It's one of those tan clay pots, and so it's rough. To the, to the touch, and so obviously when he had used it to cut his hair at some point before he put a plant inside of it, a bunch of strands just along the side. Bernie pulls a strand of hair out. She's like, Carlton. What? Do you think Seekin cuts his hair with the pot? But it's blunt. <laughs> no, Carlton, no. Like, how, like... <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that was coming, Jules. Brittany's just gonna no. She's not even gonna fucking explain it. No, no, you don't get no. Not no. We're done with that. Brittany's just gonna sigh and use the rest of her amazing investigation check to see what she, she can see about the plant she's holding. The plant that she's holding, it does. It's not a remarkable plant in any way, shape, or form. It seems to be just like a very small, young. Uh, looks like maybe a pine tree. Nothing, nothing amazing. And at that point, Seekin comes walking back in and he's holding what seems to be a mass of bark. And he's peeling. It looks like he's like peeled off bark from a fairly large tree. And then he's peeling back from the backside of the bark, like this sticky stuff that was on the interior, mashing it up with his hands. And he hands this giant wad over to Carlton. And he says, uh, so it doesn't taste good. But I know that there's people who, like, flavor it and then chew on it. I'll keep that with me for when you need it, Carlton. And Bernie's just going to smile a mildly evil smile. (laughs) He's holding it out to you, Carlton. So when you don't take it, when Bernie says that, he just moves his hand over and down towards Bernie. He's like, all right. You got to give it to the doc. Mm -hmm. Sure. I mean, it's not going to do anything as far as I know. It's just uh, chewy. Don't swallow it, though. I hear it hangs out in your stomach for, like, decades. Swallow it. Oh, good, 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 good to know. That's a very, very good to know. Uh, We should probably also just go buy some peppermint, honestly, if you're going to be getting seasick. I don't know if I get seasick. I just wanted to be prepared. Well, let's find a nice candy shop, and I'll buy a whole bag of peppermints, and hopefully that'll last us. How about that? I love candy. Yeah. Yeah, let's get candy. All right, Seekin will wave goodbye as you guys all head out to find some peppermint.
Our sponsor this week is Scarves for Caleb. It's a charity named after Liam O'Brien's character on Critical Role. They make and donate cold weather necessities for those who need help staying warm, especially during the winter months. You can find out more on Twitter at Scarves for Caleb. Now, they asked for this ad that I read a little poem for everyone to enjoy. So this poem is called The Prodigal Son's Brother by Steve Cowett and is dedicated to Joster and Farah. Who'd been steadfast as small change all his life, forgave the one who bounced back like a bad check the moment his father told him he ought to. After all, that's what being good means. In fact, it was he who hosted the party, brought the crepes and the champagne, uncorked every bottle, with each drink another toast to his brother, ex-swindler, hitman, and rapist. By the end of the night, the entire village was blitheringly drunk in an orgy of hugs and forgiveness, while he himself, whose one wish was to be loved as profusely, slipped in and out of their houses, stuffing into a satchel their brooches and rings and bracelets and a candelabra, then lit out at dawn with a light heart for a port city he knew only by reputation, ladies in lipstick hanging out of each window, and every third door a saloon. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official free-to-play Dungeons & Dragons-based clicker game available on Steam, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for this podcast. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from Companions of the Hall, Dice Camera Action, C-Team, Force Grey, and even more. It's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have. And speaking of chests, thanks to the fine folks who made Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest for the Steam version of the game to all of our listeners. Now this code expires on January 13th, 2019 at 8pm Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem once this episode is posted. Open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. D-O-W-S-N-A-G-A-R- E-C-K-W-Y-C-H. So use that code and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. Travancore, let's skip on over to you. You head back on over to the big public library that you and Jonathan were at the other day that you had such success at. Was there anything in specific you wanted to look for? Oh, yes. I have a list. List item the first. Travancore's favorite topic, the Nine Hells, Demons, Devils, Fiends, Contracts. Um, Travancore is going to be on a side mission to sort of get as much information about that as he can. He is stalking his prey, but he knows you don't go after whatever you hunt until you're ready to. And secondary item that he's trying to have is any time sort of gods that are aligned with good or neutral gods, so to speak, came into conflict with Nine Hells and whether they, how that worked whether it was through proxies or whether it was direct conflict, because he wants that information too. Okay. So a lot of this is very expansive, um, especially like the Nine Hells. Unlike a couple of the other places you've been looking, like when you were in Greenest, the, uh, when you ask where the religion, you'd ask where the religion section was and you'd been there before and you kind of at least ask where the general area about the Nine Hells is. And while the place in Greenest had like beginner's guide, this place has everything from that all the way down, like Encyclopedia Hel- Helica. 
uh, is is before you <laughs> and is is pretty expansive. Give me an investigation check. Well, Detective Travancore is always happy to investigate. I'm not calling this shot because I have no idea what it's going to be. Oh, 18. All right. Sorry, I'm looking for my notes. Uh, with an 18, give me some specific questions you're looking to answer. Like, give me like three of your most pressing questions. Okay, times um, mortal beings of any kind manage to escape or withdraw or beat a contract from the Nine Hells. Times that, uh, specific to Bay and Ekthiarn, because the or or even Rachel, if there's any mention of her in the books, any of the powerful good beings that Travancore has seen, times that they came into conflict with Nine Hells, if there's any recorded history of that. And I guess third would be maybe to see if this is Waterdeep. So it's possible that anything, however small about Perkana, made its way in there to see. Because almost nobody knows about that, but they might have some sort of history or some documentation or some sort of document of a document that might infer something that Travancore would be able to pick up on, even if someone else didn't. Okay. For the first bit about people getting out of their contracts, you do very quickly realize that oh yeah there are plenty of people who got into a contract with with a devil and regretted it partially because they realized what their soul was actually worth mostly they re- a lot of them think they think that they were scammed there's both anecdotal stories as well as like fairy tales essentially uh warning fairy tales about how you think you're getting into a pretty simple contract and it ends up that there's a little bit of fine print somewhere and you're screwed in most cases that you're able to find anyone who has gotten out of their contract has been able to renegotiate for either better terms or to uh, make the contract null and void by being able to offer up something more important to that devil than the soul, which is rare. These devils seem to, they barter in souls. It is currency to them. And the more they're able to get, the more powerful they are to their own, in their own realm. So the few that were able to accomplish this task that you were able to find either offered up other souls multiple souls or objects of power or information that directly impacted the specific devil involved and were able to use that as leverage to renegotiate the contract and even then a couple of those people were still screwed a couple of those people thought that they were getting out of a contract but were just getting into another one and oftentimes it it ends up muddying the waters. So it's it's difficult and expensive. That's why there are so many historical precedents for people saying, don't do it. And usually when you hear about people doing it, it's because they're they're in a desperate situation. They're being offered amazing power for what they think is a, a reasonable cost. The second one was, so the, the third question was Perconum. If there's anything from Perconum that's come on over. Yeah. I'm going to have you in a moment roll a different investigation check for that, unless you're specifically looking in the religious section. I can do a separate check for that. That's fine. Okay. What was the other question then? Uh, Times that specifically the good beings that we run into have fought the Nine Hells, if there's any recorded instance, whether it's Bay or Ekthiarn or even Rachel or whatever name. Anyone I would recognize as Rachel based on the description. You don't find anyone named matching that description. Of course, your interaction with her was brief and... A while ago at this point. And it's very possible that the name she gave you was not the name that she historically has gone by or whatever. But definitely um, multiple gods and devils and demons come into conflict 
all the time, both as polar opposites on the spectrum of good and evil, but also for the simple fact that devils delight in the corrupting of a soul and the more pious, pure, good a person is that they are able to corrupt, the more power that soul gets them. So there is this constant war of devils trying to destroy, convert, corrupt, good souls and gods of a a good alignment or even a neutral alignment fighting back against that keeping that at bay there isn't a a god who isn't considered evil who you don't find amongst the pantheon that would immediately be called to arms if there was some sort of demonic incursion that's why when devils and demons come into this world it's uh, singular or stealthy or sneaky or one thing at a time. And you distinctly remember when uh, you were having the issues in the crypt garden. That's that's why my leaky was reaching out to you. That's why Bay was helping Bernie. Like that was such a major incursion by one specific entity that it drew the attention of multiple gods. And that was just one. So they tend to arrive in, in in stealth and they try to keep low profiles or they try to get in and get out. It's hit and run tactics. If an army was to show up, there would literally be a massacre of massive proportions. And most gods, and in that case, even some of the evil ones would stand up to that incursion because that is, they fear the loss of their followers and their power. So depending on what you were looking for, yeah, uh, there's a lot of gods who would would help out with a demon problem, but they're thinking more large scale. They're thinking more, it takes a crypt garden issue. Right. So, I mean, I kind of want to change my component question to something that's actually related to the, the section I'm in now. Sure. Are there any recorded instances of a time where the gods got fought on behalf of a mortal over the issue of a contract a mortal made with, with the Nine Hells, or being of the Nine Hells? Not that you can find, because in order for a contract to be valid, it has to be binding and it it can't... When you hear about mortals who complain that contracts were duplicitous or were difficult or, or lied to them or something, what it ends up being is the essentially the Faerun equivalent of they didn't read the fine print. Right. And if a devil had lied to a mortal, if they said one thing... Uh, but the contract said another, it's still up to the mortal to read the contract. Right. And if they, if the devil do- is, is as much tied to the contract as the mortal is, so if the devil fails their side of the bargain, the mortal is also freed. So okay. the god's hands are kind of tied. That's why the contracts are so important, because it takes a he said, she said, and a fight over what we think is supposed to happen, and it lays it down in legal terms that even Asmodeus has to respect, and the gods have given you free will for a reason. Right. Now, when it comes to demons and devils showing up and causing havoc, oh yeah, gods will show up and be like, nope. But when it comes to individuals and contracts and free will, there's not much a god can do. Okay. Well, if I can get that fourth question back about Berkhanim, since I'm here anyway, and I didn't get much on the third one, just want to see what they know. I mean, that's probably something that I should know anyway. Well, uh, give me another investigation check, because that's going to be kind of in histories. Sure. 19. Wow, a lot of high rolls today. Nice. Yeah. 
actually, you do find um, Perconum is not called Perconum. Hmm. Not in these histories. It goes by a bunch of different names, actually. But they're all terms you recognize. They're all versions of the the title Perconum or the uh, the land Perconum that you are familiar with. Like if a, if a country changes its name a couple of times and you're still calling it one thing or the other, like they're using older versions of Perconum or they're using, you know, an outdated or something. But yeah, there is... It's all very dry and boring reading. It's all very much about the head of this house came to visit or this dignitary. It's all, you know, far away and across the sea of of a, a land far away. It's almost like... I almost want to say it's almost like England with like India back in the colonial days, how they would they would talk about, you know, you know, noble savages. It would huh. be that kind of shit. Oh, lo- lovely. So Hugh Trevor wrote this? A little bit, yeah. Okay. It, so it's like, it's dry and historical reading about these people who came, who were representative of this far off land in the middle of nowhere that talked about these fantastical wonders, mostly elves who came, who, you know, and it would be like very stately uh, statistical analysis. But every once in a while, you'd read something like, uh, we were very surprised at how well spoken they were. You know, that shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lovely. But you do a little bit of math, and yeah, it kind of matches up with a lot of the the generations in where, oh yeah, this would have been this generation, and yeah, that would have been the, the generation that had to go do, that went and did their pilgrimage to go, you know, and, and there were there were some gaps, but you know, not everybody went to the same place, but Faerun does seem to be a popular place to go for those who were on, you know, what you don't want to call your your quest anymore that is interesting that i am not the first you are not the first if it makes you feel any better everybody that showed up seemed to just check in as a noble and then seemed to leave and go off and do something else and it it, it wasn't like they came and did anything so outrageous that it warranted more than historical footnotes nice my my ancestors are all jeopardy questions <laughs> yeah pretty much but you you get a little bit of comfort out of that, like especially knowing your people's history with conquest and personally how bad things could have gone if they didn't have the same epiphany that you had. The fact that that happened, it, it feels like it's a good sign. Wow. I've definitely earned enough for my personal pan pizza this time, so I'm done. Okay. Only that joke every time I leave the library. Just, yeah, that's pretty much. Because that's what got me to read in the first place. If it wasn't for the wonderful Pizza Hut Corporation, I don't know that I would be as literate as I am now. Wait, I think this is like a part of our... I think this is... I'm sorry, you you read and got points for personal pan pizzas? How yeah. did I miss that? So, yeah. The, <laughs> you might be too young for this. Yeah, I think it may have been before your time. In the 80s, when I was in, in kindergarten and first grade and second grade, yeah, it's called Book It. So you had to go to the library and like they'd put stickers on your book or whatever every time you got a book out and you returned it. So then you read it basically. And then if you got enough stickers, you took it to your local participating pizza hut restaurant and they would give you a free personal pan pizza. Yeah. Damn. I remember Man. this too. Yep. I like honestly, I admit like, hey, I'm I wonder how many people listening to this actually remember per- going to a pizza hut. Yeah. But fuck those personal pan pizzas. I really want one now. I'm I had plenty. Go of to tar- in- do they? They have Target. Target has them. Yeah, they smuggle yeah. around me do. They do not have Target in Canada. No. What? Well, I'm never moving to Canada. They are one of the greatest. Uh, <laughs> so apparently, Fuck universal healthcare. The they don't have Target. Fail- 
Yeah. Uh, honestly, Steve and I had a conversation called I'm giving up Target for you. <laughs> Apparently, uh, the failure of Target's Canada expansion is now like taught in business schools. I was like, don't do this, kids. I love that within the last two minutes, we've started with your your family's history is a historical footnote, and we've ended with the failure of Target in Canada. This is the magic that I bring Welcome to the, the table. Dungeon drops. Yeah, this is the magic that I bring to the table. I feel this is very on brand for me. I'm sorry, I just really, God, I'm like thinking about the crust on a personal pan pizza, how it's like always way too greasy, yeah. but it's like floofy and light on the inside, and it's yeah, just like- Yeah, but if you're a kid- and you're needing, you know, like, I was a voracious reader, so I loved it. But, yeah. like, if you were a kid who needed incentive to read, like, <sighs> I'm going to read this one more book. <laughs> I'm going to get personal pan pizza. All right. Jonathan, you yeah. head to the Amethyst Acropolis. What, what were you going to accomplish there? I want to, real quick, see what, see what I can find in a workday regarding the magic of, of Baphomet. Like, does he have any specific domains? Do his clerics uh, or followers, like, tend to wield certain kinds of magic? Sure, yeah. Uh, you can head on up to the the silent library and- Hello, Rezo. Some... Hey! Good to see you again. It's good to see you back and forth on a regular basis. It's, it always makes me a little nervous when, you, when you're gone. You know, Razzo, that actually brings up a really good point. Um, You're I gotta gone. Talk to you You're going again. I'm going again. <sighs> yeah, if anyone comes looking for me, the, we should be back pretty soon. We're not planning any extra planner travel, but <laughs> you know how that goes, right? <laughs> Am I right? I, I, I don't, but I hope it's a little okay. Yeah, it, it should be fine. We're going to we're going to do a job, and. Um, and uh, we have some objectives. We're going to try and fulfill them. And uh, maybe we'll kill some people. Who knows? But uh, uh, but anyway, Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to do some uh, quick research. But yes, uh, if anyone comes looking for me, forward my mail, that kind of stuff. Okay, sure. Do you usually get mail here? I don't. Do I? No. Okay. <laughs> then, irrelevant. Jonathan the Magimuscular out. And he flexes out. All right. Uh, go ahead and roll me an investigation check. All right. Apparently, I am somewhat distracted. I get a two, but that translates to an 11. Okay. Uh, yeah, you spend most of the day. Uh, the problem is the vast majority of the Silent Library is a repository of arcane knowledge, and you keep kind of getting distracted by the shiny book over there that includes one of the spells you're working on. But you're able to find little bits and pieces. Uh, uh, what's one question you'd like answered? I would like to know if there is any specific magic that bah that Baphomet, I keep wanting to say Baphomet, Baphomet. I know. Uh, I know. His, yeah, I know. Uh, grants his followers. Uh, sure. You do a little bit of looking. So you focus on, of the three different sects that worship Baphomet, you focus on the one that you think is the, the culprits, the, the silent ones that seem to want to not speak at all. Mm -hmm. You don't know of any specific magic that they would gain um, you do know that because Baphomet usually lives and usually is worshipped by labyrinths because he is a minotaur and uh, uh, is usually associated with minotaurs, that a lot of where 
those cultists tend to congregate is in labyrinths. And so you do know that they tend to be able to memorize their way through paths that they've traveled, that they don't get lost in their own house, as it were. And this, this like, strikes you very close to home because you have this perfect recall over the last month. So this isn't perfect recall of everything. This is very specifically recall of any paths that they've traveled and spaces that they've been in that especially something like a maze that might be difficult to travel. And they especially some of the the ones that still associate with minotaurs, but even these silent sects, they tend to make mazes that are very intricate and are devious in many, many ways. So where there's a maze, there's usually a trap. That's probably good to note. Yeah, Jonathan the Magimuscular is kind of taking stuff down. He's like, intricate mazes, possible traps, alert, Detective Travancore, alert. Well, actually, I don't know. No, Jonathan the Magimuscular doesn't know that Bernie has thieves tools, so uh, he doesn't know to note oh, that. Oh, I thought she... Did she? I seem to I remember didn't you... I tell anyone. But you were, uh, you were working on the lock, the one. Oh the yeah, morning yeah. Afterwards. I guess I yeah. was. You did, yeah. So you would see, and and she said that she had had those. So yes, right. Okay. So uh, also makes a note to uh, to make sure to mention that Bernie might get some uh, some lock picking practice in this. All, all the skills are going to get tested here. Perhaps. Oh boy. Anything else as the day winds down? You've kind of crawled through a lot of random information to get that. No, that's. Uh, I mean, he's kind of frustrated because, be, like you said, being in the library and like, uh, I'm working on that, but I want to study. I need to study. Nope. And he does that thing where you're like, nope, focusing on this. Ha! And that works for like 15, 20 minutes. And then he's like, oh, this book. So he's just going to be like, no, no, okay. I, I think I've got what I need. Jonathan the Mad Muscular is going to head back. So nothing else distracts him and he can make it to the boat with everyone else in the morning as planned. Excellent. Bernie and Carlton, to finish out your request, you do know, both of you actually do know, that uh, Bethany at Conjuring Cakes, while mm-hmm. most of the stuff that she had were pastries and cakes and stuff, that she did have some other sweets. And so if you were looking for other sweets, you could definitely go there. Yes, Bernie's Bernie's like shopping mission overall, and I don't think we necessarily need to RP this unless you want to, but I know we got stuff to do. Her Bernie's shopping mission overall is to like prepare for being on the ocean, like okay. m- in a medical sense. Like, I don't know if we want to talk about like, I assume like in a historical sense, sunscreen doesn't exist. Like people wear long sleeves and hats and things like that for a reason outside. But in a this is also a magical world, like I think it'd be interesting to see if maybe she her goal maybe is not sunscreen because I don't think she has a concept of sunscreen. Like I don't know that there is. But I think she has a concept of aftercare for sun. So her goals are things like, you know, seasickness and also like some kind of salve for when one of these fools gets sunburnt. Okay. Or like, I mean, like, I guess does I guess Bernie sort of knows Jonathan grew up on the ocean, so he might be like more knowledgeable about what to do. But she's gonna be looking for things like basically aloe, the okay. equivalent of aloe, and stuff for seasickness. And you would also know that because 
because you're taking this journey in the winter, everyone's going to be bundled up if they're outside, uh, especially on the deck. So, But you- your face, the salt, the other thing she wants is moisturizer because the salt water in the cold is going to trap your lips and it's going to trap your hands. It's going to trap any exposed skin. So Bernie is looking for some basics for care. Okay. So that would would be somewhere else, but that would be super easy to pick up if you're yeah, just looking for lotion. If you're just yeah, and that's gonna be nothing. As far as conjuring cakes go, did you want anything else besides? She has cakes. She does have cakes. She also does still have those healing cupcakes. Should we get some some healing cupcakes? I'm thinking we probably should. Yeah, two for each of us. How we? How much are they again? They 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 were a pretty penny if I remember correctly. Let me but see. I. I've got have some gold to spend, ladies and gentlemen. I also still have some gold on me. Bernie won 345 gold playing cards the other night. She got money go. to burn. <laughs> She's going to make it rain and it's going to hurt because it's all coins. <laughs> make it hail. Make it hail. It's oh, like when you go to a strip club in Canada. <laughs> nope, I'm I'm diverting. This is a topic. <laughs> Bethany has she's got the peppermint. That's no big deal. She does have other pastries as far as the healing cupcakes. She currently has five of the basic, which are fifty gold pieces each, and she has three of the greater, which are one hundred and fifty each. Oh uh, wait, oh, all of them. We don't have that much gold, collar. I've got okay. money. Five times five is 250. So we're going to take all of the basic ones. But I have got 900 monies. You do? Yeah. What? We'll take them all. <laughs> Carl hasn't really spent any money. He went yeah. and visited and a lot his of times when I'm spending things, I'm also doing things in trade. So it's like, yeah, it costs this much. But because you're also giving me this and we're using discounts from this, I'm a barbarian. I don't have to buy things. I don't have to spend money on scribing scrolls. He did the one thing, and that was a shield, and that was it. Everything else is just like... And even that I got at a discounted rate. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, if you want to buy, there, she's got five that are the basic healing cupcakes, so like a basic potion of healing, and three of the greater healing potion cupcake. Like before, they act just like healing potions. You're just stuffing a cupcake in your mouth because I find it funny. 450 for the greater... And uh, 200 for the basic, so 650. And if you're going to buy them all, she'll throw in the peppermints for free. I'm cool with that. Cha ching. 250 for the basic. So uh, 650 for the basic. Um, three, 450. So. So wait, is Bernie about to like pay for this and Carlton just pulls out a bag of gold like, I got this shit? I think so. I'm I not going to stop him. I go, <laughs> hold on, Bernie. And I whisper into my, my bag, I'm like, 650 monies. And nothing happens for a moment. Oh shit, where'd all my monies go? And I'm like, oh, 650 gold pieces. And then, and then you... I just like hold it so that it like, as they're popping out, they just like land on the counter. <laughs> but like not turning it. Yeah, Bethany is quick enough to grab a pan, an empty pan that's nearby, <laughs> to catch them so that they don't go spilling Wow, that place. must be a cacophony. Oh, it's Vegas. And she hands over five basic and three greater that you can mark down. And they do the exact same thing as the basic and the greater healing potions. Not that I want to go down this path necessarily. But we're going. Are there gentlemen or ladies clubs or both in Waterdeep? Yes. Okay. I also still have an opal worth 300 gold. That opal's been in your butt. You don't pull that out in a bakery. (laughs) That is that is a tainted opal. Yeah, that's uh, that's a real pay for my cupcake. That's a real health inspector violation there. 
Look yeah. at this whole place shut down. But like when we're talking about how much monies I have, I always have at least three hundred and one gold because I have the gold, the single gold I won off of Jonathan and Foosball, which I refuse to spend. And listen, I will say this: um, a gem of that size and quality is kind of like having stocks. Until you sell it and turn it into monies, it's not worth anything. Right, yeah. it's an investment. You know, it's it's I have I have uh, collateral. Exactly. And Bernie's and Bernie thinks your investment's been tarnished a little by your butt. But <laughs> so Bernie is going to use a little bit of her gold to buy a very nice tart, and it can be apple. Yay! <laughs> this is part of that forgiveness program uh, that Ikearn has us all on, and so that because she knows we're not going to have anything as nice on the water for a while. Uh, with your giant purchase, she will throw in some peppermints and two apple tarts and say, I remember your friend liked apple too. So here you go. He really, really likes apple. Question for you. I know our friend Jonathan got a scroll on your dessert thing that makes him talk uh, and move. Do you have any other of those types of scrolls, but not the same one? No, that took a really long time to make. And then I had an apprentice who stole it. And I'm not too happy. And you guys have the other one. And frankly, I make a lot more money out of the healing cupcakes than I ever did about bringing things to life. So I've just right. I didn't know if you had those. any other spells that I could have you pay for you to write down and give to him for a late birthday slash early uh, midwinter. Is it before midwinter? It's after. It's after midwinter. A late midwinter gift. Midwinter is actually it is technically because you told us it was after midwinter when we got back. Yeah, that's right. Because I remember that you're leaving on the 30th of Hammer, so technically you'd be on on uh, the water during the midwinter holiday. Oh, yeah, shit. Yes, so I need to get him a midwinter gift. I uh, think what we're going to do the next two days is all secretly shop for one another. Can we put that in canon and we'll figure yes. out what we got each other later? Yes, we are all going to part ways, and before we meet at the boat, we're all going to have bought our gifts, and I will... And we'll all tell Lord what we're going to shop for. Sure. Here's what I'm going to say. You guys buy these cupcakes. You get the peppermint. You get the tarts. You all finish your various and sundry things. The next morning, you arrive at the docks bright and early, bundled, packs ready, uh, the wind blowing in your faces and in your hair as you stand before the majestic giant ship that is the Scarred Serpent, your home for the next few days. And as you see the captain waving to you and pointing to the gangplank, and as you prepare for this next adventure that you're about to go on, we'll stop there. And the next time we get together, we'll be at PAX Unplugged. Yay! <laughs> we, thought, we thought RTX is going to be the only time we're all going to be in the same place at the same time, and that ended up not being true. And oh, I am fuck. so happy. I meant to mention that I'm drinking my tea out of my BGG.com pint glass here that I got, which was very nice. Well, awesome you just mentioned it right I can't now. Wait. Yeah, smart, smart. and I can't wait to board game with you all. Yeah, I have yeah. Oh, and wife and baby are coming for a substantial portion of it. <gasps> really? They can see me at the level up dice booth yeah. or at night when we actually play because that's where my life will be. Huzzah! Yep. Pretty much. All right, let me give you some experience, and then I will let you go, and we will all continue to plan for PAX Unplugged because, oh, it's only a week and a half away. Ah, so for lots more prep, which I appreciate, for thinking about peppermints, for thinking about demons, and for thinking about devils, and for thinking about all of the things in between, I'm going to give you a total of 1,500 experience to split between the four of you. And next time, we start our adventure on the high seas.
Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you, Megan, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.